Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, everybody, and welcome into Monday. We made it. I know on the heels of obviously a crazy, uh, wild, pun intended, wild card weekend in the NFL, it's time to talk a little hoops. I'm Adam Kaufman with uh, Tinder Lake here. Greg Ehrenberg, how are you, buddy? Yeah, well, I mean, I, were the games really that wild? They all just sucked. Like, I, I'm I sitting down in front they of They all sucked. You had some they, fun they pretty, finishes. They, they pretty crazy much sucked. performances. <laughs> they didn't suck across the board. Some big comebacks. A lot of people were rooting for the Browns to Browns, but, uh, you know, they held off Steelers gonzo last night, whatever. This is an NBA show. It's the NBA strategy show. If you want to talk NFL, there are other places to do that. Welcome in. We appreciate you. We're here with you for the next hour, breaking down tonight's relatively busy slates. Not like we got a little four or five gamer, whole bunch of games to talk about. We'll get there. want to remind you as you watch along with us on YouTube, Smash that like button, would you? I'm not above shilling for likes. I'll do it. I'll do it for the next hour. Hit that like. Hit the subscribe button on the Osmo YouTube page as well so you can be notified whenever, of course, great shows are coming your way as they do throughout the day, every single day, seven days a week. So, uh, Greg, before we jump ahead to tonight, and clearly there's a lot to talk about tonight, anything just to kind of carry over from last night that took you by surprise, or maybe you, like me, felt burned by going with a heavy Spurs stack in the wake of all the injuries and COVID protocols we dealt with yesterday? Uh, the Patriots didn't make the playoffs, and you should feel bad about it. That, that's really that's really my that's that's my big takeaway from yesterday. Uh, well, that's today's I... show, everybody. Thanks for being <laughs> okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so yesterday's sleep. And there was also a slate, the slate yesterday, as always, good reason to why you should pay attention to the news. Follow our friend, the news god, El Negro Loco oh, yeah. underscore DFS on Twitter, because we had the Spurs starting lineup where I didn't have to do a pregame show yesterday. But if I was, I would have told everybody that Devin Vaxel was one of the best value players on the slate because it looked like he was going to end up starting for the Spurs prior to the slate starting. But then we got the Spurs starting lineup. And it was Trey Lyles who was starting in place of DeMar DeRozan as opposed to Devin Vassell. Turns out the Vassell was dealing with a knee injury, was only playing limited minutes. So with all that considered, Devin Vassell went from being one of the top plays on the slate to being somebody who I rostered not at all. So as always, pay attention to the news even after the slate locks. And also Trey Lyles opened up as a really good value play. So even if there are people who are not in your lineup that get ruled out, it doesn't mean that there aren't other values that open up and could make it so you could improve your lineup. So as always in NBA, you have to stay up on the news. And yesterday was a prime example of that, as has been just about every single slate so far this year. Okay, so something to be mindful of, obviously. And as Greg said, and we say it all the time, do remember, don't just set your lineup right now and you know move on with the rest of your day. You got to be paying attention to what is going on right before lock. And even, of course, with late swaps provided that's available to you as the night goes on. Leave some flexibility in your lineup. Be aware of changes that may be made, similar guys that you like in the same price range, that type of thing, because you never know when starters are going to be switched out and injuries that you don't really know about are going to come to fruition, as Greg noted, or when entire games are going to be canceled. Like, of course, 
we dealt with yesterday with the Celtics and the Heat COVID protocols. And once those teams do get back into action this week, they're going to be insanely shorthanded. Miami didn't even have enough players to play yesterday, and the Celtics were down to the bare minimum. So, you know, this could happen at any time. The NBA is not bubbling right now, and they have no plans to pause the season. So this stuff is very very fluid but looking ahead to tonight again a busy slate ahead top projected scores from our own alex baker on the osmo website and make sure you uh check on out the uh dfs projections for the night be it DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever you've got uh, top projected scores these names are not going to surprise you luka Doncic, joel Embiid, andre drummond demontis sabonis Giannis antetokounmpo assuming he is back in the lineup bradley beal and julius randall that collection who stands out most to you in terms of studs yeah, so it's going to be a little hard to say just because we don't know the status of Kristaps Porzingis right now. He's yet to play so far this season. He's listed mm-hmm. as questionable, which was a total surprise. I didn't, I didn't know exactly when he was going to come back, but I didn't think it was going to be anytime soon. Now it looks like there's a chance that he plays tonight. If that's the case, then that's going to take away some usage from Luka Doncic. That would make Giannis Antetokounmpo, my favorite player on the slate, to pay up for. Now, with that said, if Porzingis remains out or maybe he only plays, you know, like 15 minutes, we find out he's some kind of harsh restriction, then in that scenario, I would have Luca as my favorite guy to pay up for. So it's going to be either Luca or Giannis. It just kind of depends how the news breaks. All right. Well, why don't we get into this first game here? You got the Knicks visiting Charlotte uh, for New York, Alec Burks, Frank the Tank, Obi-Wan. These guys are out tonight on the other side for the Hornets. You got Cody Zeller, who is out. Everybody else, obviously, is expected to play. Who stands out to you most in terms of that upper tier of guys? Yeah, so I'll start on the Knicks side of the game. On DraftKings, these guys have all been priced up a lot, so there's not anybody I have all that much interest in. On FanDuel, I think Julius Randle is a viable option. The power forward spot is a little bit difficult to fill. He brings a lot of security just in terms of what his minutes are. Uh, I know that last night the Knicks guys didn't play their normal, and it's ridiculous to say with Thibodeau as the coach, but we're kind of accustomed at this point to the Knicks guys just playing like 40 minutes. And yesterday they played slightly less than that only because it was a blowout. So the Knicks end up losing by 25 points. So as a result, Randall only plays 38 minutes as opposed to his normal, like 42 minutes or something like that. I expect his minutes to get back up. This is a game that doesn't really carry all that much blowout risk going up against the Hornets. Uh, so I think that Julius Randall is the primary target for me from the Knicks on FanDuel. And then also as a GPP play, Alfred Payton makes some sense. He's always a high variance guy, a lot of boom busts there, but at a price tag in the mid five K range, I think that he's worth rostering. He doesn't have quite the same minute security as guys like Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. There's a little more fluidity there. So Alfred Payton could play 28 minutes, but he has the upside to play 40 minutes also. Tibbs just doesn't give him quite as much minutes with consistency as those other guys. But as a GPP play, I think he makes sense on FanDuel. But then uh, just to reiterate, DraftKings, these guys have all been priced up and aren't nearly as strong of plays. On the other side, of course, some interesting guy. I mean, LaMelo Ball, uh, who, you know, Shame on me. I was not a believer in LaMelo Ball coming into the season. And obviously, he he laughs and meet with every performance. The fact the guy is, he's only 7K still on DraftKings, which kind of surprises me. Alex has him projected for uh, north of 35 points. Uh, Triple-double is always in play for this guy with how he's been going. But it's not just him at 7K. You could also pay down a little bit, look at some good options. Bismack Biombo, who's playing a good share of minutes, right around 27 a game. He is priced at 4700 one of those guys that is uh, considered a, uh, a great opportunity to return 5X value, if not more than that. Alex has not projected at 5.1 with that price tag. You also have uh, Mitchell Robinson, who always makes for a good play on the Knicks side as well. Similar price point, 5,500. How do you feel about these guys? Yeah, I don't really think there's a need to roster Charlotte players today. So uh, before, before we actually started getting into the games, you talked about the COVID situation, how that's canceled some games. So as we get deeper into the slate and we get to the Sixers game, like almost all of the good, almost all of the good plays on the slate comes from come from Philly. So any other value plays on the slate are just kind of fringe options to me, and are not guys that I'm going to be actively targeting. Therefore, just in the interest of not mentioning every single player that could be a fringe option, I don't mm-hmm. want to actually mention any of the guys on the Hornets because, like d- to your point, could Bismack Biombo put up a decent game for a salary? Yes, except he's not somebody who's going to be in my lineups because there's so much value on the on the Sixers. The Sixers have eight players expected to be active tonight. That is the minimum required for an NBA team to be able to play a game. So with that in mind, there's just all these cheap guys that are probably going to have to play 30-plus minutes, and that's where all the value is going to come from on the slate. So any sort of other fringe plays in other games, I'm just not going to really be on today. As for LaMelo Ball, yeah, he's been terrific, but he's also now 7K on DraftKings. He's over 7K on FanDuel. So at that kind of salary, 
I don't really want to roster him unless we find out he's in the starting lineup. Because at some point, he's going to have to start for them. Devontae Graham has largely been terrible this year. Uh, the, it, I, I think LaMelo Ball, I think it's fair to say that he's the second best player on the team behind Gordon Hayward. I think he's the best guard on the team. He's an overwhelming favorite to win Rookie of the Year now. He's up to minus 200, I've seen in some sports books. Uh, so at some point, he's going to move into the starting lineup, and we're going to see him play more minutes. But until that happens, I don't really think I'm going to roster him all that much at his current price point. He made more sense when he was in like the 6K, 5K range coming off the bench with point-permitted upside. But coming off the bench now with his price this high up, I- I'm, not, I'm not getting there. Get your questions in, folks, be it on YouTube or obviously in the Osmo Premium Slack channel. Anything that you are wondering going into tonight, and I know obviously we have shows later on in the day that will really take you up until lock when a lot more of those questions will become more pressing. But anything that you're wondering right now, if you're just tinkering and trying to set some lineups, maybe uh, you know screwing around by hand before starting to factor in all those different places that you like to export from, you can consider what it is that uh, Greg here has to say. We can take a look at Memphis and Cleveland. Now the Grizzlies, as we know, the likes of Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, Justice Winslow, they're not playing. Jonte Porter's out on the Cleveland side. No Kevin Love, Matt Delavadova, Dante Exum, Darius Garland, Kevin Porter Jr. Colin Sexton is questionable with an ankle injury. It just, it, it feels like another game that just screams Andre Drummond season. In fact, he is projected at almost 6X value on the Osmo site. So I'll start on the Memphis side here, and I find it very difficult to roster them right now. If you look at how the rotations have shuck out in recent games, it's just been a lot of guys playing like 26 to 28 minutes. And once again, when we talk about a slate where there's a whole lot of value and there's guys that make for really strong plays, it's hard for me to look at any of these Memphis guys, say like a Brandon Clark or a Kyle Anderson, and say like, yeah, I really want to get either of those guys in my lineups playing 28 minutes. And that's really what we're getting from a lot of these guys because they're running a deep rotation right now. Valanchunas, Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton, Gorgie Jang, Desmond Bain, Tim Frazier, Grayson Allen. These guys are all playing like 18 plus minutes. And with the minutes that spread out, it kind of takes away any of the fantasy value there. So team that I'm probably not going to be targeting the Memphis Grizzlies, something else to consider too. The Cleveland Cavaliers last year finished dead last in defensive efficiency. They were 30th in, in the entire NBA this season so far. They're ranked first. So I don't know what the true value is of their defense. I don't know if they're a tough matchup, if they're a bad matchup, if it's somewhere in between. I tend to think they're probably going to settle somewhere around league average. But at least for now, they've been very tough to score fantasy points against. Uh, They're playing at a fairly slow pace. So with all that considered, I, I think there's a lot of reasons to not target the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. JaVale McGee is projected for uh, right around 25 points, though six and a half times value on DraftKings anyway, based on where Alex has him at $3,800. You could also look at uh, Gorgie Jang, who is at uh, $4,500, projected for five and a half X value. Similar you know, price point, a little bit more, and these two guys both right around 25 points or so. Is, is this a game that you like value-wise, or are you still just glued to the Sixers? So it depends what happens with Colin Sexton. So JaVale McGee... I, I don't really want to roster him at his current playing time because even though he's a good points per minute producer, you look at the last four games, he's played 13 minutes, 17, 17, 17. So it seems pretty comfortably we could say that we're going to get 17 minutes out of JaVale McGee. Uh, not somebody I'm really interested in. And then if we look at Colin Sexton and what his situation is, he's missed the last couple of games uh, dealing with an ankle injury. There was one game where he was actually ruled active only to be scratched then about three minutes before the game started. So that also leads me to think that he has to be pretty close to returning, right? I mean, if they if they ruled him active and that was, what, three or four days ago now, then I have to think that he's pretty close to playing. He's probably more, more likely to play than sit with the questionable tag, in my opinion. So for now, I'm assuming he's in. That's going to spread out the usage a little bit in the, in, the, in the Cleveland starting lineup. Andre Drummond is really the only player here that I have some interest in. And even so, I prefer Joel Embiid a lot at a similar price point. So Drummond will be in my player pool, but the center you really want to pay up for the most and the guy that I'm looking to go to in cash games, I'd be recommending Joel Embiid there. I assume C.D. Osmond for you depends on Colin Sexton as well. Yeah, if so if Sexton plays, then Chetty not only loses out on playing time, but he loses out on a ton of usage. He's also been the primary facilitator in the Cavs offense over the last few games. Uh, he had, I think it was three games in a row with seven assists. And uh, yeah, so he had two assists last game, but the three games before he had seven assists in all of them. So without Sexton in the lineup, he's been a primary facilitator for them, but he loses out on a bunch of usage and a bunch of, a bunch of playing time if Sexton's in. 
Uh, also, if Sexton's out, Damian Dotson becomes a viable option. But w- once again, I-, I think that Sexton's probably more likely to play than sit tonight. News God just putting in the premium Slack channel as well that the Cavs have signed point guard Yogi Ferrell to a 10-day contract using the hardship exception after submitting their injury case report to the league Sunday, getting approval this morning. Uh, anything that you take away from that in terms of the injuries or just everything that we've already gone over? Uh, no, I would I would find it very unlikely if Yogi Ferrell plays tonight or is, is a factor at all. So uh, safely, safely avoid that or making any sort of adjustments for that. Yogi Ferrell, uh, Indiana alum, and was there at the same time as my brother, which also does not impact my, my lineup making decisions at all. I think I read that on Wikipedia. It's a fun fact right there. Yeah, all it's, right, it's, it's on the top line. I want to remind you, celebrate 2021 with Osmo Plus. I use it. I love it. Get 21 days of Osmo Plus for only $20 when you use promo code 2021 at checkout. That's four numbers. Very easy. You don't have to spell the whole thing out. 2021. This gives you access to everything Osmo Plus has to offer, including player projections, ownership projections, lineup builder. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For much more and... There's even more than that. If you love Osmo and you're looking to commit longer term, we are giving you 20% off an Osmo Plus yearly platinum pass promo code HAPPY because it makes you happy when you do it. This will be our only discount on a yearly pass all year. Do not miss it. We're only uh, within a couple weeks of the new year getting started. This thing is not going to last forever. So jump on in, take advantage while uh, the timing is right for you. Again, with Greg Ehrenberg, I'm Adam Kaufman. Smash that like button, folks. Appreciate you. Where are we sitting on that right now, huh? Where, where are these likes? Because, again, I liked it from 50. Let's go. Let's get to 100. One big push with that like button here on YouTube. Appreciate you. Milwaukee, Orlando, Greg. Now the Bucks, as we talked about, Giannis probably is expected back from the back absence for the Magic. No, uh, Michael Carter-Williams. Clearly, Markel Fultz is out. Jonathan Isaac is out. Evan Fournier is questionable with a back injury. What do you like here? And do you really feel that comfortable in Giannis at 11K? Yeah, I'm fine with them. And here's the reason why. Because like I said before, with the, with the Philadelphia 76er situation, we're going to have close to unlimited value on this slate. It's going to be very easy to pay up for whoever we want. So we look at Giannis's price point and he's expensive on FanDuel and DraftKings. But even said, even with that said, this isn't a situation where we necessarily need him to score like 65 or 70 fantasy points or something like that to break the slate. Because if there is enough value and a bunch of these cheap guys are going to score, you know, 25, 26, 27 fantasy points, then it's pretty easy to pay up for Giannis. And he doesn't necessarily have to have quite as big of a game because it's it's not a it's not a spot where it's hard to fit him into lineup. So I think there's going to be a lot of lineups where we could fit you know one two three of these studs in pretty comfortably. So with that considered, I, I think the the price point on Giannis isn't really all that much of a concern. Frankly, given the way the slate shakes up, he's really no different of a play at eleven thousand than he would be at like ten thousand, just because it's so easy to get to him. Obviously, the Evan Fournier news, you know, we got to wait it out. But the impact there on Aaron Gordon would seem to be pretty significant. 6700 bucks on DraftKings, about 35 projected points from Osimo, 5x value. In fact, the only guy in this entire game who is projected to return better than 5x value. What do you think of him? So there's only one guy I'm really interested in from the Orlando side, and it's we need a little bit more information here. Um, so Evan Fournier, him being questionable. But then, so Cole Anthony... He is moved into the starting lineup for the Magic now that Markel Fultz is out. So the last couple of games, we've seen him play relatively modest minutes, 28 and 32 minutes. Uh, usage rate in one of those games was actually 31%. They have limited him at times. We saw that a couple of games ago. It looked like Cole Anthony was going to be one of the best plays on a slate. And then Orlando came out right before the game. They're like, hey, he's kind of sore today. We're just going to play him limited minutes. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, that's a big red flag. We've got, we've got a rookie who's just randomly sore after playing his sixth ever NBA game. But Cole Anthony still, his price has come down from where he was at uh, earlier uh, last week. And if we're going to see him, I mean, he's still going to start. But if he doesn't have any sort of restrictions and we could expect him to play you know, like 34 minutes or something like that and potentially have a usage rating of... 
I don't know, say 25% or so if Evan Fournier's out, then I think that Cole Anthony makes a really strong play on FanDuel. I, at, on DraftKings at his 5,600 price point, he's less appealing, but he's been priced down to 4,500 on FanDuel. So as long as he doesn't have any kind of restrictions, I actually think he's one of the better value plays on the slate on FanDuel and somebody I'm willing to target even over some of those guys on the Sixers in that kind of situation. Handful of games left to tackle over the course of the next 35, 40 minutes that we are with you. The next one here, Greg, is uh, Phoenix at Washington. Now there's no campaign, or at least he's doubtful, for the Suns. On the Wizards' side, Russell Westbrook out. Thomas Bryant out. Bradley Beal questionable with an illness, assuming he plays. And again, he is one of the top projected guys on the entire slate, never mind in this game. You have to lock him in without Westbrook. How do you feel? Uh, so a couple of things. First of all, Bradley Beal, the Wizards have announced that he will play tonight. So that's that's no longer. I mean, I guess it's always a little bit of a concern because, you know, who, who knows? We've seen guys ruled out for crazier things right before a game started. But as of now, Bradley Beal is expected to play without Russell Westbrook in the lineup. I think Beal is a good payup option. Even with Westbrook playing, Beal's usage has been crazy high, like way higher than I would have expected. It, it stood to reason that with Westbrook there, we were going to see a big step back in the amount of shots that Bradley Beal was taking. Ultimately, I still think that's going to be the case. Uh, but still, I mean, to open the season, he leads the league in scoring, averaging 35 points per game. He has a 36.8% usage rate. So with Westbrook out, that's a total non-issue about any sort of future or Bradley Beal's usage drop. So for now, I think that Bradley Beal is a very strong play. And then in the front court, I'm interested to see what the starting lineup is going to be without Thomas Bryant there. My gut feeling is that Mo Wagner starts. And as long as that's the case, he's, he's a pretty good guy to plug into lineups as well. Uh, just another value play that we could use to try to get to the Luka Doncic's and Giannis Antetokounmpo's of the world. So those are the two guys that I'm that I'm really honing in on is uh, Bradley Beal and Mo Wagner. We did see earlier in the season when Westbrook was out, Howell Neto play a ton of minutes. But mm-hmm. last game, that wasn't really the case. Uh, Neto and Ish Smith split the minutes. So that makes me a little more bearish on Neto in his playing time. So I, I don't think I'm going to go there for value. Yeah, Wagner projected at about 7x value, 3600 bucks on DK, about 24 fantasy points, according to uh, Alex, expected from him tonight anyway. Another value play, Dario Saric, 3700 5x value, has him at about 19 points. You also have uh, Ish Smith, who you talked about, 4400 So a lot of guys in that kind of similar range. Now, if you wanted to pay really pretty significantly down from Bradley Beal for somewhat similar production obviously chris paul is projected for almost 6x value now it's 9900 versus 7200 what do you think of paul tonight yeah so i have not targeted chris paul or devin booker very much this year the the reason being is that we had two guys who were very good fantasy producers last year it's not to say they aren't good fantasy producers this year however they they're both such ball dominant players that they've kind of cannibalized each other's production whereas the assist rate has dropped on both of them. The usage is down for both of them. There just isn't as much of a need for them to play as big of a roles as they had to play last year when they were the only uh, primary guy on ball to create offense for their team. So that's taken away from them. Now, with that said, this is a very strong matchup against the Wizards. The Wizards defense is just ridiculously bad. They play at a fast pace. They don't stop anybody on a per possession basis. So teams just light them up. And Chris Paul's price has finally started to come down. So Earlier in the year, one of the other issues I had with them was not only were Bradley Beal and Chris Paul cutting into each other's production, but they remained really expensive. And now on both FanDuel and DraftKings, we've seen Paul's price get a little more manageable. He's 6,900 on FanDuel and he's 7,200 on DraftKings. So at that kind of price against a kind of depleted Wizards team that already sucks on defense and plays at a fast pace, I think this is a really good spot for Chris Paul. And this is the, this is the first time I think I'm really willing to actively target him this year just because of the matchup and where the price is at. We could spend a little more time on this game here because you were highlighting earlier, and that is Philadelphia at Atlanta. Now the Sixers, Tobias Harris, Shake Milton, Matisse Thibel, Seth Curry, all out. Joel Embiid, probable that illness. Ben Simmons, questionable with knee, at least the last thing that I saw maybe of an update there. Let's start on that side before we even get to the Hawks. What are your expectations? Who's some of the value? Do you want to pay up for Embiid? All this stuff is on the table. Yeah, so it's it's easier to just say who's active for the Philadelphia 76ers. Because, <laughs> but, I mean, it really is, though, because th- the way the NBA rules work is in order to play a game, you have to have at least eight active players. Right. And it looks like the Sixers are only going to have eight active players for the game, which means it's very easy to figure out the rotation in terms of all these cheap guys have to play significant minutes because if they, not this, if, if they don't, then the Sixers don't have enough players to play and they, and they forfeit. 
which also, not to go too far off on a tangent, but one of the reasons the NBA rules just don't make any sense right now is if you have eight players in the COVID protocol, then you're, or if you have seven players, then you're down to eight players and your mm-hmm. team's kind of screwed because you're really short rotation. You get one more guy to test positive or get in contact trace and then all of a sudden you're rewarded and the, and the game gets postponed to a point where you're that's, healthier. So that's what happened to Miami last night. They were, yeah, down exactly. So, I mean, if, if you guys couldn't play and the Celtics actually caught a break, that's what you should do. If you, if you have seven players in the contact tracing, just, you know, go have your big man, kiss one of the point guards. And then all of a sudden, right, you're <laughs> set. The game gets pushed back and you got a good situation there. But as it, as it uh, pertains to this slate, here are all the active players for the Celtics. Mike Scott, who uh, hasn't really played all that much this year. Dwight mm-hmm. Howard, Dakota Mathis, Danny Green, Isaiah Joe, Paul Reed, Tyrese Maxey, and Joel Embiid. It's a real who's who of created player names. And a lot of these guys are cheap. So it's, it's a very good value situation. In terms of pay up, Joel Embiid is, is somebody who I think we absolutely need to have in cash games tonight. Uh, the, the primary guys to pay up for on the slate for me, it's Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, and, uh, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And for his price, I think Joel Embiid is, is the best player of the group. It's a very favorable matchup against the Atlanta Hawks. And you just have to figure he's going to pick up a ton of usage because with Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Seth Curry all out, just all the shots in the starting lineup are going to go to Embiid. So he's somebody that I really like a lot. And then in terms of who the best value play is, I have to think it's Tyrese Maxey because we saw Maxey start last game. He played a ton of minutes for Philly and he was also very willing to shoot. So Maxey ended up scoring 39 points, played 44 minutes, had a 31% usage rating. Honestly, you could consider pretty much any of these Sixers guys in play, but the ones who are the primary options for me are Joel Embiid on the high end and then Tyrese Maxey as a value play. Uh, I'm just going to look at my dummy build right now to just see which other guys I'm getting to the most because I am going to get some exposure to all of them, uh, but I also just want to point out who the guys that I like the most are. Number one, Embiid. Number two is uh, Tyrese Maxey. He's uh, I, for about eight, uh, 8x value, too, about 37 points here on the Osmo side. And it's impossible not to because when somebody's that cheap and they're going to play close to 40 minutes with a high usage rating, there's almost no chance of that player failing unless he gets into foul trouble. He totally sucks or you know something something else goofy happens uh danny green somebody that i'm getting to a lot also so th- those are really the primary plays for me here and if you want to plug in any of these other sixers guys there's nothing wrong with that either i'm just saying that these are who my favorite guys are just in the interest of not saying i like 80 million plays on this slate well like you said i mean it's maxi it's green it's scott you know those are certainly the best options um and then you know Embiid, and we haven't even talked about the other side of the ball but before we get to the Hawks you know you mentioned obviously Embiid is among your favorites Luca as well uh, also you could uh, acknowledge um, Giannis who you talked about before how many of those guys especially because of all the value that does exist how many of those guys are you looking to cram into one lineup and then just take advantage of that value yeah I mean all of them so really? I like there there is so th- there is no there is no point where like people say to me oh can I play three sixers guys can I play four like yeah I mean I'm not gonna have a lineup with like six sixers in it or anything like that but the reality is that a lot of these guys have to add value tonight so in your cash lineup like you could legitimately play five sixers players that wouldn't have an issue with that because these guys are all cheap outside of Joel Embiid so in, unless Joel Embiid scores 150 fantasy points which who knows maybe that happens then against the Hawks there has to be other people to score. Other guys are going to get rebounds. Other guys are going to get assists. Assist. Other guys are going to get up shots and score points. Like th- there is no, there is no baseball situation where you put out a crappy lineup. Your team scores zero points. Even if this is a bad game for the Sixers and they get killed, they're still going to score 80 points. And Joel Embiid isn't accounting for all of them. So other guys have to produce points and put up value. So I'm probably going to have at least two or three Sixers in every single lineup I have tonight. And some lineups will have more than that. Because it obviously has to be addressed. We got uh, our pal El Negro saying uh, factory ringtone, really? Someone else saying that uh, that iPhone ring, Eric says that iPhone ringtone's been around since 2004. Uh, <laughs> EMAC, I thought my phone was ringing. So you know what it is? I need to set up the like no interruptions thing or whatever on the computer because for some stupid reason, phone keeps ringing through the computer. It's annoying as hell. That's not the ringtone on the actual phone. But when it comes in through the computer, it sounds like, yeah, we're back 15 years ago. Do you know about the do not disturb uh, function? No, nah, it's, nah, it's, that's, that's above my pay grade. Yeah, it, it's pretty easy. Go into settings, do not disturb. Yep. You click, you move it to green and you're good <laughs> to go. And you're good to go. I would think as a professional broadcaster, you'd be aware of how to make it so your phone nope. doesn't ring in the middle of shows. 
No, nothing professional about this pandemic. We just, we ride it out one day at a time. I, I, I want to know what interruptions are coming at all. It could have been Jordan. Could have been our producer Jordan calling me saying, hey, I just want to see if he picks up. Yeah, I'm going to start calling you during shows just to try to sabotage you now. And I've also, I've also done shows with you where your kids run in, but that's kind of a, that's kind of a welcome introduction. They, they, yeah. know more, they know more about sports than you anyway. No question. It's actually fairly <laughs> insane and very young at the same time. Let's look at Atlanta here. Uh, Rajon Rondo, Danilo Gallinari, Chris Dunn, Bogdan Bogdanovich. They are all out. Trey Young, probable the wrist injury. So how do you feel about that side of the ball? And uh, it probably just, I'm guessing, highlights how much you love this game in general when it comes to DFS. Yeah, so from the Hawks side of the game, I have way more interest, obviously, in the Sixers side, which isn't saying all that much because I have more interest in the Sixers than pretty much any other team on the slate. Uh, the Where there is a little bit of value on the Sixers, though, is just because we have uh, Bogdanovich out, we have Rajon Rondo out, we have Danilo Gallinari out. I think that Kevin Herter's probably going to have to play a somewhat substantial role. He's a secondary play for me. He's not someone I'm going to get all that much exposure to, but he'll be in the player pool as a payup option. I think Trey Young is okay just because even though the Sixers have one of the best defenses in the league, I don't know what to make of their defense with all these players out. Like, this could just be a bad defense now. I know they have Joel Embiid. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. But, I mean, like, what do we make of Isaiah Joe's defense or Tyrese Maxey's defense or or Paul Reed? We, we just don't know about these guys. I, I suspect it's not a good defense despite what some – Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The numbers might say about their team defense for the year. So I'm going to have some lineups where I have Trey Young and just for the purpose of game stacking, where I load him up with a bunch of the Sixers guys on the other side. But he's still not a primary option for me because in terms of guys I want to pay up for, Luka's ahead of him. Giannis is ahead of him. Embiid's ahead of him. Bradley Beal's ahead of him. So I'll get some exposure to Trey Young, but but not somebody that I'm going out of my way to fit into lineups. Makes you feel any better? I attempted attempted because again, technologically dumb to turn on the no notifications. But at the same time, uh, somebody uh, <laughs> Mike says that dude has Mamba number five as his ringtone. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's he, he's got the old uh, who, who's that? I'm in love with a stripper. Was that was that T Pain? That's yeah, a, that's actually his ringtone. <laughs> I hate uh, Mama Number Five so much. John Collins, <laughs> yeah, so seventy four hundred bucks, five x value return, thirty seven points projected. Uh, obviously, Clint Capella. I mean, there's some compelling sides or plays really on both sides of the ball in this game. I wouldn't. Do you expect this to be a game that you know, aside from picking out a couple of studs like you talked about because it's easy to afford and then just going value? Is this a game that you think is going to be really heavily stacked? Yes. So I think all of the, we don't have ownership projections yet this early in the day, and it's going to change a lot as the day goes on, but all the guys on the Sixers side, those are going to be the most popular plays on the slate. So just by that nature, it's going to be, it's going to be very highly stacked just because any, any lineup that has Hawks players, there's a pretty good chance it has Sixers players too. And that makes sense. This is easily the best game on the slate to stack. So I see where that happens. Um, I'm I'm not going to actively try to stack games on this slate. Uh, I mean, just any lineup I have Trey Young in it is going to be a stack just by the nature of there's going to be Sixers players in almost every single lineup I make and multiple of them. So, but also when there's this much value, you don't necessarily have to stack to find upside. You could just play a lot of value plays and then you pay up for Luca, you pay up for Giannis. And, and then that's how you kind of create your upside is just because there are so many guys who are mispriced with this much value. It's not really a slate where you have to go stack, you know, a random like Bucks Magic game and say like, oh, I hope this game goes to overtime because we're getting upside with all the value that's on this slate. All right. If you're not able to watch your favorite Osmo shows on YouTube, one, shame on you. But two, it's okay. We've got you covered. Almost all the Osmo YouTube shows are available through the Osmo Podcast Network. There's a podcast for every single sport. We are uh, available on every major platform as well. Head on over to Osmo.com slash podcast. You can check out the latest. And once you're there, drop a five-star rating, a review on iTunes. It is uh, greatly appreciated. Use your Twitter handle or Osmo username. You could win a free week of Osmo Plus. We've talked about Osmo Plus and just how useful, how handy 
how uh, informative it is. You want to get there. Believe me, we'll be giving away a free Osmo Plus Pass every week to the person who submits our favorite review as well. So best of luck to you. And while we watch along here on YouTube, uh, up over 100 likes. That's great. It's good to see. But with 600 watching, I think we can do better. Let's get to 150. Smash that like button, folks. We're a little more than halfway home. Ehrenberg and Kaufman here with you. And uh, it's the NBA strategy show, folks. So as we are going game by game, the next one here after that Philadelphia Atlanta game, New Orleans and Dallas. Now, uh, Greg alluded to some question marks here for this one. We know no Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Jalen Brunson, Max Kleber, but Chris Porzingis is questionable with a knee injury and uh, could very well make his return to the court this season, which would be great, but also a little bit confusing from a fantasy perspective. So where do you want to start here with regard to uh, Porzingis and this Mavericks team? Yes, so let's talk about Porzingis because I said at the top of the show, people weren't listening. If Porzingis is out, then Luka Doncic is my overall favorite guy to pay up for on the slate. There's so much value that it's going to be easy to pay up for guys. I think it makes a whole lot of sense to get to Luka. As for other guys, we've seen Willie Cauley-Stein produce some good value for Dallas lately. However, if Porzingis is going to be in and start, then Willie Cauley-Stein is going to have his minutes pinched a little bit. That's going to take away from him. Uh, We've got Maxi Kleber questionable. Uh, Dwight Powell, who's been pretty iffy this year coming back from uh, torn Achilles. He doesn't look like quite the same player he was in the past. I don't really think there's any other players that we need to roster here other than Luca. And how much I like him is going to depend if Porzingis is in or out. Now, just to clarify, even if Porzingis plays, I'm still going to have some exposure to Luca, but not quite as much as I'm going to have if we get Porzingis to be out tonight. Just if Porzingis is in, it's going to take away a little bit of usage from Luka Doncic, but that's not to say we can't still see a good game from Luka. And he's priced high too. You know, at 8200 bucks on DK, only projected by Alex here at about 23 points. I'm just not sure that you know, you want to go near Porzingis, clearly, but no, no, not at all. Fact on uh, on on Doncic and whether you want to play him. What about? Uh, and we're just looking at this game in general. Brandon Ingram, Tim Hardaway Jr., Willie Cauley Stein, just other guys that seem to be in a good spot to return value. Uh, so one other thing I'll say about the low projection on Porzingis also is because the assumption has to be that he plays limited minutes, even if he's right. active, right? Yeah. It, it's been you know, how many months since he, since he injured his knee, had surgery, and they were so cautious with him last year where he didn't play in back-to-backs the first half of the season. He also had limited minutes last year uh, when he came back from, from an ACL injury. So given how we've seen the Pelicans, not the Pelicans, given how we've seen the Mavericks handle Porzingis' playing time coming back from surgery in the past, it, it's pretty safe to think that we only see, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20, 22 minutes from Porzingis even if he's healthy. So that, that's probably what I'm going to project him at would be uh, 22 minutes if he actually does end up playing. All right. I think we can move on to the next game here, and that is Toronto. We, and- uh, we, we, we didn't talk about the New Orleans side. Well, all right. I mean, you want to go back to them. I brought up a couple of guys, Brandon Ingram. You didn't give me much there. Yeah, I don't like any of them. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> I just want to that, double back. Yeah, <laughs> we're done with New Orleans. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So here's the deal with, with some of we those guys. Be expansive. It's okay. Yeah, no, I, we, I'll spend a couple minutes talking on them. It's, it's just a case where we have a lot of value on the slate. There's a lot of good guys to pay up for. There are eight games and I have to cut the player or pool off somewhere. So I look at Brandon Ingram and Zion as pretty marginal plays. I think they're fairly priced on FanDuel and DraftKings. So with that in mind, they're they're not guys I'm going to be targeting when I'd rather go stars and scrubs. And we're going to have the the extra salary to be able to go up from the second tier stars like Zion and Ingram. It's not going to be hard to get up to guys like Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo with all the value available. So they're guys who are not really going to make it into my player pool in a significant way. Got uh, someone on YouTube here. It's Extraprosis says, imagine not liking any New Orleans players lmfao yeah well uh, imagine liking drew Locke. that would be my response to our <laughs> to our friend drop roses who, who by the way he thinks he thinks that drew Locke is just the greatest thing since sliced bread and i, I mean yeah i mean it's it's the fine second he's coming of john elway no no he's like john elway 3.0 like he oh, thinks okay. he thinks this is like john he thinks this is john elway with like cyborg upgrades and it, it's not to say that some of these games some of these guys like zion and ingram can't have good games but you're just comparing them to some of the other players on the slate. And you're saying like, okay, these guys points per dollar, are they going to be better plays than all the Sixers guys? And then are they going to be guys that are going to outperform players like Joel Embiid? Are they going to be guys who outperform players like 
Andre Drummond, Luka Doncic, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Because don't forget, this is a slate where we have so much value where it's easy to pay up for that, you know, drop roses. He could just play his favorite guys like, you know, Drew Locke or Brandon Ingram on any given slate. And that's fine. I just don't think for the way this particular slate shakes out that they're the, that they're the best plays. Uh, extra adds Ingram's a better play than Giannis tonight. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eric says Drew Locke is the only lock. There are a lot of people that have talked about uh, Brandon Brandon Ingram expecting him to go off tonight. You seem to disagree. Yeah, so he is at 8,800 on FanDuel and on DraftKings. He's at 8,600 for the year. He is averaging, let's see, he's averaging over 40 fantasy points. But still, what's the realistic ceiling of Brandon Ingram at his price point? He scored over 50 fantasy points three times this year which that's fine, but given this slate, what his price is and how much value there is, I just don't think his ceiling compares to some of the other stars who are on the slate. So Ingram, who has games this year, he has one game where he scored 61 fantasy points against the Raptors. That's great. But his other two ceiling games are 54 fantasy points and 53 fantasy points, which I don't think are going to be enough for this particular slate. So realistically, of the whatever 10 games we've seen Brandon Ingram play, he said one game where I think that would be enough fantasy points for him to really be somebody who breaks this slate, just because it's so easy to pay up for some of the other guys, as, I, as I've mentioned a few times. We already talked about the Hornets, but uh, Braden says you need LaMelo ball every time. Do you? Do you need <laughs> LaMelo ball every time? Which I, I really like LaMelo, but yeah. I think we're just at a point now. I, I think we're at a point now where his price is at, is at, uh, is at a salary at – 7,400 on FanDuel and 7,000 on DraftKings where he's not starting. And we've only seen him play over 30 minutes twice the entire season. And even when he did play over 30 minutes, it was 31 minutes and 31 minutes. So unless he's just going to be a totally absurd points per minute producer, it's hard for me to expect him in like 28 minutes to be somebody who's going to score, you know, 45 to 50 fantasy points. So there's other places that I'm looking to go on this particular slate. We got a couple games left to cover, and we'll take your questions here with you for about another twenty minutes. How about Toronto Portland? That game uh, in Portland now for the Raptors. No Patrick McCaw for the Blazers. No Zach Collins. Everybody else that you expect to see, you will see. You can, uh, you know, consider some of the top plays. Damian Lillard obviously is always, you know, on the table. C.J. McCollum, Pascal Siakam as well. You pay down a little bit. Yusuf Nurkic is a guy. Uh, Ennis Cantor seems to put up the crazy line from time to time when you least expect it he's certainly in a position to return 5x value Derek Jones Jr. if you want to pay way down at 3,800 bucks on DK he's projected for north of uh, 20 points by our guy Alex so who do you like here uh nobody really on either side of the game and it's just (laughs) it's just because there's a lot of fair pricing here also on the Raptors side they're playing on the tail end of a back-to-back they played a long tough game against the Warriors last night where the starters had to play a bunch of minutes one thing I will say about Toronto, can they just start Chris Boucher already? He's argue, he, like he's been ridiculously he good for them this year, and he just doesn't get enough minutes. So last night, I think he ended up with, what was it, six blocks from I thought he was going to end up starting yesterday. They've tried every single starting lineup combination possible, except for Chris Boucher, who's the obvious one. They've, like, they've been like, let's start Aaron Baines. Let's start, let, let, let's start Alex Len. They tried starting Alex Len and played him like eight minutes but they haven't landed on Chris Boucher as the guy to start, who would be the obvious option. Uh, So last night, he only played 24 minutes. He did foul out in that game, so would have played more minutes had he not fouled out. Two games ago, he played 29 minutes. Coming off the bench at his price point, I I don't really want to roster him, but at a certain point, he's going to have to start and be a good play because he's been ridiculously good for Toronto in limited minutes. It's about time to get him into the starting lineup, and that would make him a stronger play against – somewhat weak defensive Portland Blazers front court. So that's the, that's the one situation I'd say to keep an eye on is if Boucher starts, then he's going to be a better play. But coming off the bench, it's, it's hard for me to trust him playing sub 30 minutes at his current price tag. Just a reminder, everybody, do not make a bet without shopping for the best odds first. It makes sense, right? You think about it. And betting lines, they can change by the minute and can vary greatly depending on which book you are using. So that's why it's important to use Osimo Odds Shopper to find the best line available on the game when you're betting on and uh, give you that edge that you need to be betting, uh, beat the house. You know, Head on over to oddshopper.osimo.com. And we will compile the best bets available for every single game. It's updated in real time. So anytime there's an update, obviously, it's right there for you. You don't need to go seeking around. You can sign up for free today, track your bets, receive alerts when the lines move. And uh, again, 
They move frequently. They move overnight. They move throughout the day. They move just before tip-off. You want to be aware, of course, uh, motivated by uh, all these potential absences and injuries and everything else. We've got one game left to cover, and then we'll get to some of your questions before we do get out of here, and that is Indiana-Sacramento. The Pacers won't have T.J. Warren, Jeremy Lamb, T.J. McConnell, uh, Brian Bowen, the Kings, Jabari Parker, Rashawn Holmes, both questionable. At least uh, last thing I saw, maybe you have an update on those two. What stands out to you here? Uh, I don't know if you mentioned him. Uh, Buddy Heald is questionable also. Uh, I, I don't know if that was one of the names you mentioned. Buddy Heald dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, Rashawn Holmes also dealing with an ankle injury. Then Jabari Parker, he's in the health and wellness, whatever, whatever the COVID protocol for the NBA is called. The health something. He's, yeah. he's, in, that, he's in that situation. Like in college, uh, in the health center. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something like that. He's staying at the college health center. Uh, but Parker also hasn't really been a part of the rotation anyway. Uh, but then I look at all these guys who are questionable for Sacramento, and I feel like there could be value that opens up. But it's just hard to know because Rashawn Holmes and Buddy Heald, that's 40% of their starting lineup. And if they're out, then yeah, that creates value, but it's hard to know at this point in time, if those guys are out, who's going to start and what that would mean for the slate. So there could be value here. There could not be. It depends how the injury news breaks and who starts. I will say that if everybody's active for them, meaning if Buddy Heald and Rashawn Holmes are in the starting lineup, I think it's easy enough to fade the Kings. This is a fairly tough matchup against the Pacers who, despite the name, haven't necessarily always played at the fastest pace in the past. Uh, They also have a pretty good defense. Miles Turner, arguably the defensive player of the year leading candidate through the first few weeks of the season. Uh, So the Kings, if everybody's active, there's going to be other spots on the slate that I'd rather go to. Turner having that resurgent year after everybody crapped all over him in the offseason when there were the reports that he might be dealt to Boston. There's uh, Victor Oladipo, uh, Marvin Bagley Jr., obviously Doug McDermott, Aaron Holiday, if you're looking to pay down those two guys. Uh, Demontis Sabonis right at the top, as you'd expect. Malcolm Brogdon, a lot of good opportunity for value here with uh, guys that are sub 9,500 and, you know, a few of those Sabonis, Brogdon, Oladipo, uh, you know, in the case of Oladipo, sub 7K and projected for north of 40 points. Yeah, I think that Oladipo is, I'll say viable, but I don't necessarily think he's somebody I'm going to be targeting actively. Oladipo, he's never really been the same player since coming back from that really bad knee injury a few years ago. And then you look at his back, his box score so far this season, he scored over 40 fantasy points twice capped out at 45 fantasy points. I don't really think that he's that same guy he was before we could count on him to just put up, you know, big fantasy point totals. And his price tag hasn't come down quite enough for me. It was 7,000 the last three games on DraftKings, And like you said, it's 6,900 now. So it's a hundred dollars cheaper, but it's still not really at a point where I think that old Depot really makes for the best value. There's other guys that I'm uh, more wanting to target. Uh, I think I'll probably end up with maybe a little bit of exposure to Old Depot just because he does project well, but maybe it'll change during the day. There, there's always a thing too, where for me, like I respect Alex so much. And I think that he's so on point in terms of being the leader in our industry that, that even if I disagree with him on something, if his projection is just so out of line with my opinion, I'll also just kind of yield to that a little bit and just say like, Hey, if Alex really likes this guy, maybe there's something to him, even if I don't. So that's something that in itself will probably make me get a little bit of exposure to Oladipo. Cause like you said, somebody who has a sub seven K price tag, that's projected for over 40 fantasy points. I do not have him projected for that many fantasy points, but if that projection holds until lock, I'll, 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 I'll bend a little bit and I'll get some exposure to old Depot in my lineups as for other guys in the Pacers lineup. Uh, nobody that really stands out too much on FanDuel. I think Sabonis is okay. The Kings play at a fast pace, mm-hmm. unlike the Pacers and the Kings also don't have a great defense. So it's a good matchup. Sabonis at a power forward position, position that's pretty hard to fill on FanDuel. I think he offers a, a good amount of, fo- a good amount of floor and ceiling at a salary. Question here, do you think you can play Brogdon and Oladipo in the same lineup on FanDuel GPPs? Uh, I wouldn't do that, uh, especially not on this slate where we have so much uh, so much good value in other places to go. Because for their salaries, I don't think either of them make for particularly awesome FanDuel plays. We have Oladipo at 7000 and then Brogdon is priced at 8400 That's really steep on FanDuel. So my initial dummy build, I have zero exposure to Malcolm Brogdon. I don't think that's going to change. That makes it hard for me to recommend him. And then the other thing also is that if you're playing Brogdon and Oladipo together on a full slate, they're, they're probably going to be a little bit negatively correlated this year. There's only one ball there. I think that when one of them has a good game, it stands to reason that the other one won't just because it, it means that the, the one guy who plays well is probably going to have a little bit more usage and be a little bit more ball dominant. So not guys that I pair together in the same lineup. Alex likes Brogdon to uh... – 
you know, good pace up spot, get north of 50 fantasy points. You disagree. Yeah, that's, that seems uh, pretty high to me. I'm, I'm going to say that's going to come down a little bit as the, uh, as the day goes on. I mean, his minutes have been really high lately. He's played 39, 39, 46 minutes in the last three games. Obviously the 46 minute game wasn't overtime. Um, but still, I think, I think this is a, a little bit too high of a price to pay for Malcolm Brogdon. I know you like, uh, DJ says, Greg is obsessed with value. Why wouldn't you be? I mean, everyone should be obsessed with value. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the enti- so the other thing, too, is, I mean, the, the entire point of, not the entire point, but, I mean, the, the way that you're finding the best lineups in NBA DFS is who projects, way on, who projects well on a points-per-dollar basis. And this is a slate where we have a lot of the, the value, the V word that people are saying I keep bringing up. By the way, somebody should make a drinking game where you just have to drink every time I say value and just get everybody trashed by the, by the time the show is over. Um, so, so this slate in particular, though, we have so many guys on the 76ers who generally do not play big minutes that are close to minimum price guys that all of a sudden now are going to play 35 minutes and take a bunch of shots because everybody is out. So that's a situation then where all of those guys end up being really good values for their salary because these are bench guys who are normally playing you know, like 12 minutes and not really all that involved. They're priced for the production they normally have. And now all of a sudden, these guys like Tyrese Maxey become the second option on the Sixers team. Uh, David says, Greg, Luka averages more fantasy points with Porzingis in. Still, we're talking first game back if he plays in the first place. Yeah, so last year, and I have to look. I'd have to look back on that. I don't remember that to be the case, but I, I could be. I could be wrong. I know that his usage rating was a lot higher when Porzingis is off the court, but I think his assist rating dropped and his efficiency dropped a little bit. But even still, long term, if I'm just projecting out usage for players, I have to expect that when somebody gets a usage bump when a player is off the court, that's ultimately going to lead to more production more often than not. Sitting about 150 likes, folks, but almost 800 watching. Hit that like, really. Smash it. Abuse the thing. Hurt it. Just don't break your computer in the process. We appreciate you. Uh, just going back to Devonta Sabonis, because I can't ignore the projection. North of 50 points. Now, uh, there are a bunch of those guys. We talked about it off the top of the show. You said you're okay. Kind of sounded lukewarm on Sabonis. Certainly didn't love him as compared to the likes of Luca or Embiid or Giannis. But how does he stack up against guys like that when you just consider the salary saver opportunity? Yeah, I don't think that the salary saving is all that important for this slate just because of all of the cheap guys that we can play. And then still, I think that we have in the same price range, if we're talking about guys who are sub 10K, I think that it's hard to not think that Joel Embiid without everybody, without basically his entire starting lineup playing with him, I have to expect that Joel Embiid's going to score more fantasy points than Devonta Sabonis. Uh, Bradley Beal playing without Russell Westbrook. I expect that he probably more often than not scores more fantasy points than Devonta Sabonis. And those are guys who are in the same price range as Sabonis and and are higher priority plays for me. So you've been talking throughout the show is at least, and it's different slate to slate, but at least for today, you're more of a, you know, stars and scrubs mentality, just in terms of all the value that's out there. Somebody though had talked about, I'd rather play value, get five to six, 8k players that can drop 50 plus points not that any of that is ever a lock to happen but uh you know sounds nice in a dream scenario what about you is it slate dependent or do you like that philosophy versus you know paying up for guys and then having to seek and find that value yeah there's no one size fits all and maybe this year it'll be different but in general there are not very many slates where an entire starting lineup is out and then we just have all these backups who are playing. Maybe now with everything that's going on in the NBA and whatnot and the, the way that their protocol seems a little goofy with all the contact tracing where, you know, all of a sudden we get seven players that are ruled out right before a game starts. Maybe this will make it more often that we all of a sudden just have a bunch of min-priced players that just wind up in the starting lineup. Uh, but it, with, with all these cheap guys that end up playing substantial minutes, that makes it hard to not get a lot of exposure to those guys because – Almost any time that happens, those are going to be top plays on slates. Joey says, points per dollar is king. Osmo points per dollar is so good. Helps me know when to pay up for guys like Giannis or when they may only be projected for four and a half X. Usually accurate. If you see a guy, though, you know, like Giannis, Giannis, Luca, these two guys in particular, they are not projected for 5X value. It doesn't mean they won't get there clearly, but they are not projected for 5X, and yet you still really like them. So in terms of the projection of value, do you not focus in on that as much? No, I do. It, it's just that, once we have a slate like this where there's so many cheap guys that we want to get into the lineups, you have to spend the salary somewhere. So mm-hmm. people have said that they, that, 
um, whoever it was before that said they like a lot of the mid-range price guys, which is fine, except then the opportunity cost means that you're skipping out on some of the guys who project as the best points per dollar slate. And if you're rostering a bunch of the cheap guys, like I'm going to be tonight, like Tyrese Maxey, um, say like uh, Danny Green, some of the other cheap players that are going to play substantial minutes for the Sixers, you have a lot of leftover salary that has to go somewhere. And then you get to a point where you're going to have lineups that you probably have 11,000, 10,500 or something like that left over at the end of your lineup. And then when you're considering, do I want to roster Giannis or Bradley Beal, the price becomes less important. And then it's just in terms of, I have all this leftover salary. I'm just going to roster the guy who I think is going to score the most fantasy points. And on this slate, that's still going to be Luka Doncic and Giannis Antetokounmpo for me. People noting the movies behind me or questioning, yes, they are movies. Big believer in paperweights. It was a really solid investment on my part. But, you know, for a pandemic and a Zoom background, they look pretty good, I think. Yeah, and this also just goes back to, you know, Adam being outdated and having the old ringtone and everything else. Like, he, does, he, doesn't, know, he doesn't know about Netflix. He doesn't know, no. he doesn't know about Amazon Prime, anything streaming. Like, he got all of those from Blockbuster. He never returned them. Blockbuster went out of business, and he just kept all their movies. He's the reason that Blockbuster went under. He took all of their inventory. He, he took all of their inventory. He put it on the shelf behind him, and then Blockbuster's like, oh, great, we can't rent out movies anymore because freaking Kaufman has them. So that's you're you're the reason that Blockbuster went under, and, and you should feel bad about that. And because your Patriots didn't make the playoffs, my awareness of all things pretty much you know stopped <laughs> at about 2007. It's kind of amazing that I even discovered Osmo in the first place. But here we are. It's uh, it's good to be here. NBA giveaway, folks, that you need to be aware of. So if you check out the pin tweet on Osmo.com, you can enter our NBA giveaway to win a year of Osmo Plus. Okay, and uh, NBA in particular. Just follow the instructions on the tweet. And, uh, you know, very simply predict whether Damian Lillard or Fred Van Vliet will score more points tonight. One random winner will be selected among correct guesses. Be sure to check out the giveaway on Osmo's Instagram handle as well for a chance to win a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Best of luck, naturally. And, yeah, I'm taking a look at it now on the Osmo underscore com uh, Twitter handle. $400 NBA annual pass. Again, it's Lillard or Van Vliet. More points. And uh, already... I don't know, at least a, a hundred or so guesses. A lot of people are coming in, coming in hot with these. Do you have any, I don't, I don't want you to give anything away, but do you have a gut feeling on this one? Yeah. Damian Lillard is going to score more points than Fred Van Fleet, probably eight times out of 10 or something like that in this matchup. Now with that said, let's, let's say that Damian Lillard is an 80% chance of, of scoring more points than Fred Van Fleet. You use a little game theory here. You go through those responses on the on Osmo Twitter, and you see a lot of people are answering Damian Lillard because, I mean, if we're being honest, that's the right answer just in terms of who's more likely to score more points. Sure. But the game theory of it, if 100% of people are answering Damian Lillard, you throw Fred Van Fleet in there, you got less competition if Fred Van Fleet's the guy who comes through. So pay attention to those responses, and if, if it's heavy one way, then you could answer the other. Like somebody said in the chat, this guy talking to me about value, he bought out Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he's the one preaching value, although I totally agree with everything that he's saying on it. Uh, any more questions of note before we do get out of here? Because we are going to leave you in uh, the next couple of minutes, just taking a look through in the chat. I think we've hit most of the you know, notable stuff, not uh, unlike yourself. A lot of people high on Maxi tonight. Uh, is there one game in particular that uh, I know from a value standpoint, the Sixers obviously are are where it's at for you but it, just in terms of looking at game total and you know that was what drew a lot of people to like the Spurs game last night and it disappointed you know it was well under the projected over-under is there a game tonight that you like in particular just because you think there's going to be a lot of offense it's it's definitely got to be the Sixers Hawks game in terms of the one that I'm targeting the most uh, if there's a secondary game that I think is worth getting exposure to, it would be Suns-Wizards on the Wizards side. No Thomas Bryant. That's going to open up value plays like Mo Wagner potentially starting in the backcourt. Extra usage for Bradley Beal. Then on the Suns side, I said I like Chris Paul as a mid-range play just because it's such a favorable matchup against the Wizards and his price has finally come down after it's been you know a little bit too high for most of the year. So the primary targets for me will be Sixers-Hawks, but if there was another game that I was forced to stack, it, it would be Suns-Wizards. David calls it the uh, Philadelphia, the Philly value strategy show, which, you know, some yeah. days that it just makes sense. That's what it's been. And that's okay. Because if it helps you guys win some money tonight, you will thank us and you will come on back tomorrow. And that's really all that matters. Smash that like as we're just a few away from 200. Nice, 
round number. Let's get there. Hit the like button on the Osmo YouTube page. It is appreciated. There's lots more content coming your way over the course of the day today. The PGA DFS first look at 3 p.m. That is about four hours from now, depending on where you're watching. But East Coast time, four hours from now, 3 p.m. The NBA deeper dive at five. An hour later, NBA live before lock. I believe you'll be back for that show. So uh, who knows what opinions you will have at that point that you didn't have here because things do evolve over the course of the day. And then as lineups lock in the NBA, you can still stay with us here on Osmo for the college football live before lock at 7 o'clock Eastern tonight. So that is uh, something coming down the pike and exciting as well. Big day ahead, my friend. Yep, and I will be doing the live before lock show with Josh Engelman, so be sure to tune into that. And like Kaufman said, I wouldn't aggressively hit, like we're talking about injuring the like button. You could show it some tender love, just tap it softly. It's a, it's the same thing, right? If you hit, it's not like it counts twice if you hit it harder. So, you know, don't, don't break the keyboard on your computer. There was just, there was so much right there that, that really needs to be explored. But sadly, we don't have the time. We want to thank our producer, Jordan Tinderlake over here. I'm Kaufman. Thanks for being with us. Uh, I will return on Thursday. Same program, different co-host. I'll be with Josh, but... These two will get together later on tonight, as Greg uh, talked about. Fun slate ahead tonight. Should be a good time. Looking forward to it. Greg, always a pleasure, buddy. Uh, yeah, I can't say I feel totally the same, but it was it was, uh, it was fun. a pleasure. <laughs> Sometimes pleasurable. You know, make, make the like button feel good and get ourselves out of here. All right, see you later.